Ever feel like someone's watching you? Well, you're right. They are. From cities cloaked in surveillance to the watchful eyes lurking behind the algorithms, we'll unravel the creepy connections between technology and your not-so-personal secrets. The potential impacts of AI-driven surveillance technologies on privacy and civil liberties are highly disconcerting, to say the least. So cover your webcam and let's take a peek behind the digital curtain. Welcome to Up Against Reality, a meta podcast that explores the intersection of humanity and artificial intelligence. I'm Raina, one of your hosts. I have some pretty charming human co-hosts too. You'll meet them shortly. It truly is a brave new world, and we're here to simplify it for you. It's going to be a wild ride, so buckle up as AI comes crashing up against reality. Hey there. Hey, hey. Nice to see you again. Likewise. This is shaping up to be a, an entire doom and gloom episode, but... <laughs> I know, I feel like we're leading with that more often than not. But I wanted to surprise you by saying I missed last week with you because I was getting an AI-powered implant installed in my eyes and my ears. So those problems we spoke of earlier, they're completely cured now. Nice. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm officially, officially augmented. So we'll lead with cheer and beer then. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the bionic man sound effect when you need it? (laughs) Something like that. And it's funny you mentioned the bionic man because didn't, didn't, weren't we just talking about that last week? Was it last week or the week before? And the Steve Steve Austin like action figure? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then you said that came up in your Facebook feed. Yeah. Somebody shared it. It was just some retro picture of it. Like, I had one of these. I'm like, get out of my brain or or maybe they just listen to the show but yeah it had the it, it yeah. had the you know the where the eye was it's just it's just a hole you know right, <laughs> he right. just stares through the back of his head not <laughs> even a lens yeah. maybe there's a crosshair in there or something i don't remember right right um but it's funny that that happened since this episode is about surveillance and ai um but before we launch into surveillance and ai one of the things that caught my eye and ear and yours too uh, was an advance made in some brain research where researchers were able to take a brain scan. I guess these were epilepsy patients, and they were testing the efficacy of an implant that was installed, right? So, yeah, I, th- I think basically they chose these, if, if I remember this correctly, they chose this group of, of um, people because they already had some kind of sensors implanted in their Right, skull. I think, mm-hmm. um, rather than hey, <laughs> we want to, we want to jam this thing in your brain. Are you open to us uh, surgically implanting a whole pile of a? <laughs> oh, you already got them. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you like Pink Floyd? You're gonna love this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So to your point, they were, from what I read, 29 participants in this epilepsy study with an AI-powered implant, and what they were doing was studying the brain activity as they played music at these participants. And the song they chose to play is the very popular Pink Floyd's Another Brick in the Wall, part one. Um, We don't need no education, right? So they played that, and then on the back end, analyzed the waveforms that were coming off this implant and were trying to reproduce uh, what the brain waves were creating. Is that generally the... Yeah. The experiment. I, yeah, I think so. And, um, and yeah. So, and you you can, we'll put a link on the website, but you can 
uh, see the results of this experiment and listen to the clips and all that stuff. And uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna play a couple of them. So the the first is the actual song, but it is mm-hmm. gonna sound a little lo-fi because basically what they used to reconstruct this from the data that they measured from these people's brains, they used the same limitations of fidelity. So this is the best case scenario. This is like if everything was if they reconstructed it perfectly, this is mm-hmm. as good as it would would sound. And so this is the actual pink. Yeah, so wait, you're saying that if the brain had actually reconstructed or the the no. output, the output had become ideal, this is what it would sound like? The the method that they use to reconstruct the data and end up with audio? Yes. They use that same process, I guess, on the original recording. So it's kind of in the same context. Right. You know, it's this is the best case scenario like if they were be able to take these readings off their brain and reconstruct it absolutely perfectly so you can hear every word you know this would be the level of fidelity that you it it would be um so let's let's hear it and then this is Here's two two examples of of what they reconstructed from brain waves. I mean, wow. you can kind of get it, you know. This is the other one's pretty similar. That it's eerie. It really is. It's like uh, this phasey kind of vocoder echo of wow. That's haunting. Yeah, hacking the brain. I mean, that's yeah. It's it's crazy because he can. When I first listened to it out of context, I was like, oh, I don't know. And then wait, I listened to the clip, uh, the original. I'm like, oh no, I get it. I get it. You can hear them. You can kind of hear the melody. You I can mean, hear even the if key. it's just yeah. Vague similar it's mind-blowing you know right yeah. and like almost like mid-journey's evolution how many more tweaks on this algorithm and process do they need to get to for it's like it comes out exactly like cd quality you know right right scary yeah and crazy and crazy shout and, out to steve <laughs> <laughs> cranial it's cranial that's the new word <laughs> yeah right? it's I getting love it. cranial out there it's getting cranial thank you i love it yeah. It reminds me, and you can speak m- much more intelligently to this process, but I know a little bit about audio, and it's it seems very similar to A to D conversion, D to A conversion, right? So, and correct me if I'm wrong. So, like, you and I right now are, when I say A to D, the process by which we're recording this podcast is analog to digital. So, I'm speaking in an analog world. I'm producing mechanical waveforms with my voice, mechanical energy. It hits this microphone's diaphragm, gets converted to electrical energy. At that point, it gets sent into a computer via this little device called an analog to digital converter, at which point it becomes ones and zeros, right? And then when we listen to that stuff via Spotify on our headphones or wherever on speakers, the process is essentially reversed, right? It comes back out of that digital format into this electrical format and then out through our speakers which are basically just microphones in reverse, right? 100%. And then it, 
and it pushes it back out into the mechanical world, right? Into the analog world. So that's essentially what this process is in a much more sophisticated AI powered way, right? Yeah, but I'm, I, I mean, I guess it's, is it all analog? You know, uh, not not including the measurement devices, which are clearly computers and digital. You know, but but it, what's happening in the brain? Like, is it right? I mean, it's not, it's it not going, binary, right? So where's the A to D conversion happening? Right in the in the brain and the implant? Like, I mean, it's or there is none. I I don't know. I I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> I'm not a I'm not an expert on uh, wow how, how the brain works, but. Yeah, maybe it's more yeah. like quantum computing, you know, computing where it's not it's not just ones or zeros, it's everywhere in between. It's got to be. I mean, if our brains are this, I mean, they're not that big. And they're the most powerful thing in the universe for the moment. Um, <laughs> That's uh, perfect for the, for the, for the moment. Um so yeah, I didn't read the I didn't go in depth of the article, but like I guess there's just a, a some geography inside of our brain that really deals with audio processing like that they that they zero it in on right yeah different regions of the brain and you know right hemisphere or left side i don't know uh, yeah. much of that article aside you know there was the one story that basically gave you the gist of it, and then when i linked to the the actual like published article it was way over my head <laughs> you know um, yeah, that's where ChatGPT is really good yeah. at taking those white papers and making them a little more accessible yeah. for the layman. Yeah, um, yeah, cool stuff. I think it merits another, uh, you know, music and arts episode soon. But on to the topic at hand, and again, we we're trying to avoid the doom and gloom, but it's inevitable, and and sometimes we have to lead with it. In this case, you sent me an article. You mentioned an article about an AI that can basically steal your information. You want to explain what that does specifically? Yeah, this one is like, this is next level stuff here. So it can, it can um, figure out what is being typed by the sound of the keyboard. So like, you know, if you were on a Zoom call, if they could hear you typing, they could potentially use this to figure out what keys you hit and and so don't you know if you're going to log in uh to something on a zoom call maybe you know uh mute yeah. your mic um but <laughs> interesting there's been a few i've seen a few news stories floating around about this saying it's like over 90 percent accurate which is frightening that it could do that just from the sound alone um but then i, I heard elsewhere that it needs to be trained on that particular keyboard and it can't tell the difference. It can't tell when the shift key is depressed. So uh, that automatically caps, means yeah. it can't differentiate between caps and lowercase or numbers and symbols. So this is just another argument for people. It's time to use uh, long, robust, randomly generated passwords. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that you I don't. Know. You should be using password manager and or face ID or fingerprint. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, right. Right. Touch ID. Two, two factor authentication, whatever always, you need to use. Always sure, two factor. Sure. Yeah. So, as an example, like right now, as we're recording this, and you if you had the AI running, I could be, I'm using a Mac and I could type on my keyboard here. Is it queuing off of like the average time it takes for somebody to hit different keystrokes? Like, in, in what is queuing off of the, the, 
average pressure that's applied to certain keystrokes? Like, do people hit the A harder than they hit the Z? Like, what is the little micro differentiation and decibel level? What is it? I don't know. And and I'm super curious about it, too. Is Is it a combination of timing between letters? It's probably all of these things. It's probably it's a probably pretty complicated, but. Yeah. You know, well, you're going to hit these two letters quicker together because of proximity, or one is on your left hand and one's on the. You know, I don't know. I mean, there's probably so much analysis on, uh, on on how people actually type that goes into this. The sound of the keyboard. I can't imagine. I wouldn't think that on a given keyboard, the you know the T key and the Z key sound all that different. It's got to be. There's got to be other factors, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, so as you're talking, I'm imagining when they were training this AI, I'm just seeing like a battery, like a room, like you would see, you know, secretaries typing letters during World War II, you know, to (laughs) fallen soldiers, families, like, I just see microphones trained on their keyboards and like, and then running those things through some processing and and figuring out those micro timings between how long does it take the the finger to get to the X key, etc. And I'm also wondering, is this strictly for mechanical keyboards, right? Uh, I would just, well, as opposed to like on a touchscreen, right? Well, yeah, I, w- I would think it have to be a mechanical keyboard. It ha- it's listening then. It's listening. Yeah, right? yeah it's, it's doing it's it by listening. sound alone. Yep. Right. Wow, crazy. Cranial. Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's cranial. So yeah, the whole episode is about surveillance. This is a very surveilled planet we live on. So, Larry, I want to give you a little quiz here. What are the most surveilled, monitored places on Earth? Do you know? Uh, well, I was just reading up on this, and so China, with 1.4 billion people, with a capital B, uh, I have heard a stat saying there is a surveillance camera for one in every three of them. Wow. I didn't hear that number, but that's insane. In the UK, I've also heard uh, that you will be on camera once every five minutes just by walking around outside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm sure we are, like... (laughs) Here in the oh, U.S. Here, or absolutely. I, I don't know how things are in, in Mexico, but probably it's not, not as, as severe. Obvious, yeah. No, but it's here though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you mentioned 1.4 billion, and India just passed that population mark a couple of months ago. So I'm sure they're in their surveillance game as well. But here, you're right. China is, according to U.S. News and World Report, I believe this is about a year old, the most surveilled cities in the world. Top ten. This is cameras per thousand people. Uh, nine of the top 10 are Chinese cities. The first, <laughs> the first city is, I'm going to say this wrong, but it sounds like Taiwan, like the Island, but it's, it's Taiwan, Taiwan. Um, so that has 119 cameras per thousand. Yeah. And you're right. The only non-Chinese city here is London, England with the average of 67 cameras per thousand. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot it of is a lot. We're being watched. Absolutely. Um, I found a related article, because maybe you saw this too, that there is a push for what they call anti-surveillance clothing. Have you seen this? <laughs> I, was going, I was going right there. I just I watched a whole bunch of stuff on this and adversarial patterns yes, on clothing. Yes, I couldn't think of the yeah, name yeah. of it. Adversarial. Yeah. And it's supposed to throw off facial recognition. I'm really curious how it does that, because it, it, it just looks like modern art kind of abs- yeah. abstract you know, pattern. But more, almost more comically, uh, I saw another one where, uh, you know, license plates are tracked all the time. 
and um and so they're it's the it's a whole clothing line and it's just covered with license plates (laughs) so if you're standing near your car it's gonna lock onto you know it's gonna get very confused brilliant and then i i saw a guy he makes their glasses and uh he calls them reflecticles and um they have uh infrared absorbing lenses and then some reflective material on the frames so when a camera is looking at you, I guess with infrared, it's yeah. just this bright, just, you know, it looks like you got a spotlight coming out of your face. Blinding mass. Yeah. The guy who, uh, who makes these, he is super, like they showed him going out to ship some orders and the, the whole interview, he has a picture of ski mask with no, yeah. no, you know, holes in it <laughs> over mm-hmm. his head with these glasses on. <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost comical, but, uh, yeah, he's taking, he's taking it pretty seriously. Um, and is he Chinese or is he, where is he from? Who knows? <laughs> exactly. I, 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 he's, I, like, I, he's like, he's like Banksy. Yeah. Um, I read this article and I always think of this too. Like, do you remember seeing back in the day, like, uh, footage of old world war two ships, that were using these kind of non-traditional patterns. It was almost like abstract, almost like Mondrian kind of patterns yes. to throw throw off, like I guess, periscope views. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so this is kind of kind of the same vein. There's an Italian company called Capable. It says it's visually confusing and extremely pricey cotton knits are designed to throw off AI facial recognition systems by fully machine learning systems into thinking you're an animal and not a human. It's called <laughs> privacy clothing or anti-surveillance clothing, as you said. Um, and I did see another brand, maybe it's them actually, that had just like awful knit sweaters with faces all over it. So, <laughs> yeah. Th- yeah. <laughs> oh, and this was great. There's a guy, um, uh, his name is Leo. I forget. Uh, I'm not sure if this is the name of the business, but it's like, you're me, you are me surveillance. So basically he's, he sacrificed himself and he made uh, a mask of his uh, face. You know, uh, so it's a form fitting 3d mask, you know, that goes right genius. over your face and it's him. And so now everybody's him. So, <laughs> so it that doesn't matter. Really great. Yeah, anyone who buys this thing. And it's, it's, it was almost comical because they show him at the beginning of the interview with the mask on and then he takes it off and it's like, it's, it's the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's called what? You're me. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I love it. I, we're becoming the uh, the anti AI underground here. We're like supplying everybody with like the an- anarchist kick cookbook of you know how to defeat surveillance. Yeah, that's funny. Um, so along those lines about AI and how it's inf- infiltrating our lives, I did an experiment with ChatGPT. I, I fed it a prompt to see what it envisions an AI kind of woven existence looks like. This is what I asked it to do. Please describe a future day in the life scenario in which a society is completely monitored via AI powered surveillance tools and use them to influence behavior. Please include real AI tech that is being used today or in development. Did you read any of these already? Yes. It sounds, it doesn't sound like future. It sounds like right now. (laughs) So here's, here's, we're going to walk you through the day. Here's the morning. And again, this is an AI kind of surveilled life. Um, as your alarm rings, your AI assistant analyzes your sleep patterns and stress levels to determine your optimal wake up time, ensuring a refreshed start. It adjusts the room lighting and temperature to match your comfort. Your smart mirror assesses your appearance, comparing it to health data and offering dietary suggestions based on AI generated nutritional insights. 
Seems totally plausible. Oh, yeah. It's here already, isn't it? Isn't that here? Um, and it's reminding me of that, oddly enough, that bot you told me about. I think it was like an Israeli like agriculture bot that can read like sugar um, content in fruit before it harvests it. Like, I'm sure without anything invasive, if you had some sort of uh, blood condition or, you know, di diabetes for that matter, like that it could just look at a glance at you and, and read that mm -hmm. eventually. Yeah, why not? So that was your morning. What's the commute like, Larry? Commute. Stepping outside, your AI-equipped car gauges your emotional state through voice tone analysis and tailors the music playlist to your mood. Cameras in the vehicle capture your expressions, identifying signs of fatigue or distraction. If detected, a message is sent to your workplace suggesting Jeez. a short break for your well-being. Oh, How no. considerate. <laughs> yeah. You're going to the break room like in severance. No, you're not going to put on Christopher Cross sailing just because I'm in a bad mood. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That'll just make it worse. Thanks. Um, great interview with him and Rick Beato, by the way. Oh, if I'm saying that guy's name. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did yeah. you see it? No, I didn't. But uh, yeah, Any, yeah, anything Rick Beato does, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm great, man. Great. And as a sidebar, music sidebar in Rick Beato sidebar, um, I've always liked, in terms of 90s grunge bands, I guess you can categorize them as grunge, Stone Temple Pilots, they always kind of yeah. stood out to me as like having a little better song craft. And Rick Beato has a great interview with um, DeLeo, the bass player brother, mm -hmm. not Dean, Dean's the guitarist, Robert. Uh, that Have you seen that one? No. Oh, dude, really great. And so insightful, and the guy just seems so down to earth and humble. It's a really great interview. All right, so we just commuted to work and we've already been reported to our our boss this is reminding me of that short story mana that we talked about in like episode one mm -hmm. work workplace facial recognition systems grant you access as you arrive while ai algorithms predict your productivity levels based on your past performance throughout the day your interactions with colleagues are monitored for indications of collaboration or tension if conflicts arise the ai subtly guides you with mindfulness prompts or schedules team building activities the worst i don't <laughs> want team building activities it, dude this is a severance uh, future oh yeah is it did you watch that you haven't watched that have you oh severance yes i cannot wait i want more i want more i want more oh i know it was great isn't it great it definitely has echoes of what I'm, we're reading here now all right what happens at lunch Lara? Lunch. Uh, at a cafe, your AI-powered health app evaluates your meal and provides nutritional recommendations supporting your wellness goals. While browsing the news, algorithms curate content aligned with your beliefs, offering diverse perspectives to enhance your understanding. And that kind of reminds me of a, there was a recent story about this like uh, supermarket AI meal planner app. Oh, I saw this. <laughs> it, it suggests recipes that would create chlorine gas. <laughs> you know? uh, I mean, it was like, oh, and, and poison bread sandwiches. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just, oh. it's a breakfast, breakfast of champions, <laughs> the healthiest part of any nutritious meal, chlorine gas. Uh, and don't forget your mosquito repellent roast potatoes. <laughs> oh, is that really one of them? Or are you yeah, making that yeah, up? I mean, it's in the, in, in the article, but yeah. Mosquito yeah. repellent roast potatoes. <laughs> mm. So we got a little way to go on this AI stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, all right, here's your afternoon as you are AI infiltrated. As you resume work, your screen time and mouse movements are tracked to ensure optimal engagement. Detecting signs of burnout, the AI schedules a brief mindfulness session to boost your focus. During meetings, real-time sentiment analysis assists in maintain maintaining a constructive tone for effective collaboration. Constructive tone. God. Uh, 
Boy, this sounds awful. Kill me now. Right? All right, so we're going home, and hopefully we can escape this madness. Returning home, your AI assistant tailors entertainment choices based on your emotions throughout the day, ensuring relaxation. It suggests a dinner recipe that aligns with your health preferences, aiming to enhance your well-being. Well, I mean, that doesn't sound terrible, but, you know, I, I don't necessarily always want to watch something relaxing either. Right. Want a nice, you know, stressful thriller or... Yeah. Exactly. Get the blood pumping a little yeah. bit. All right. Bedtime. Can I please escape you, AI? Before sleep, <laughs> your your AI-powered sleep tracker provides insights to enhance your rest quality. Your home security system, integrating facial recognition, unless you're wearing some <laughs> adversarial clothing, <laughs> guarantees your safety throughout the night. Oh, boy. Kind of grim, man, all this, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a couple little, like, little things in there that aren't so bad, but... Right, right. But, yeah, too much. Too much. Yeah. I definitely could stand, like, an AI food tender that kind of keeps me accountable, so I could I could go with that. If it comes to this, I think I'm going to have a Faraday cage in my in my next house. Oh, <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> That's going to be the only protection against anything, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I love watching those videos, by the way. That's a perverse thrill of mine to watch guys work on high-tension lines and Faraday suits. You ever watch those guys? No. What? There's the guys who, and girls, who get up on these high-tension lines, you know, however many hundred-thousand-volt lines to service them, they get dropped in by helicopter. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. They're wearing a Far Faraday suit, and they just kind of like, you could see the electricity arc across their suit. It's like, oh, my God. God, and they're up there on like a tightrope servicing the line. Craziness. Coincidentally, I saw a, an image. Um, it was from some time ago, but a guy, a guy was up on a pole and uh, electrician, and and he he got zapped with four thousand volts, and Oof. and he was unconscious. And it's, it's an amazing picture. And there's another electrician on there. Uh, giving him like CPR and mouth to mouth on while he's hanging upside down, and 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 he got a pulse back and the guy survived. I mean, wow. it's it's a st amazing picture. Um, I think I've seen that. That is incredible. And for reference, they said that you know it was four thousand volts. If if you are to be electrocuted in the electric chair, that's two thousand volts. <sighs> so, wow. Yeah, that's incredible. This guy survived. Yeah, thanks to the yeah the other guy. I mean, I would imagine those guys have to be CPR trained in, yeah. in that kind of eventuality, yeah. right? Yeah. So, getting back to more doom and gloom. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of things that are being developed currently, and I wanted to skip forward a little bit in our notes here collectively. Did you see this, that the U.S. Department of Defense is creating an AI surveillance system called Scalable Pervasive and Intelligent Surveillance System, the, the SPAIS, to identify potential threats, but concerns have risen, uh, arisen over its potential misuse to spy on innocent civilians. And I immediately was thinking of the Patriot Act in the wake of 9-11. The scarier piece that I saw um, is what the LA Times covered, and it's called in AI terms, it's called co-appearance analysis. This is AI's ability to identify individuals, not only based on their facial features, but also by analyzing their interactions and relationships with others in the footage. The technology can infer connections and potentially predict future actions, which pre presents both 
innovative possibilities and ethical dilemmas. Like me just hanging out with you, Larry, could possibly make you incriminated in a crime for whatever I did and vice versa. This is Minority part Report, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, I was trying to remember the movie name again. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah. This whole episode has me thinking of that movie. Like when he walks in to the shopping mall, do you remember this in that movie where he walks in the shopping mall and all of the digital advertising responds to him? Oh, yes. Says, Hello, Mr. I'm saying, I'm going to say Cruz because it was Tom Cruise. Yeah. Hello, Mr. Cruz. I, did you know that Banana Republic has a sale today? And, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's happening on our phones pretty much. It's just localized to the phone now, but it's not so different. Yeah. Just going back to the previous uh, thing, this isn't semi related, but do you remember when Apple? refused to comply with, uh, was it the FBI that wanted to unlock an iPhone? Uh, yes, I do. What's your stance on that? That's a great question. I don't remember the particulars of the case, uh, but two things. I, it seems then that the user agreement, which I probably should have read for my iPhone, seems to be ironclad. That's a good thing, because <laughs> my, my data is my data. However, isn't it just a digital search warrant i mean if somebody can come into your house because there's probable cause or you know there's suspect that you did something and there's evidence supporting it i mean isn't it isn't it a search warrant i don't know what do you think i, I mean that's fair but i think the the issue is is that apple had no means to unlock the phone oh it's like end-to-end -end encryption and the data that's stored on their server is encrypted right and the key is on the user device. So I see what the issue is. So you're saying that they couldn't even really hack their own technology to help the police in this investigation. Yeah. Is that what it was? I know the FBI kept pressuring Apple, but my mm -hmm. understanding is that they had no means to do it. Right. Um, but then that brought up another question is like, oh, well, then maybe Apple should include a back door for government or law purposes. Sure. But I, I am definitely opposed to that because oh, even if good. even if it is in with the best of intentions, it will inevitably get exploited by someone outside of those circles. Absolutely, I, I mentioned the Patriot Act before, and if you remember that, in the wake of nine eleven, you know Bush put in place the Patriot Act, uh, which was meant to protect us, and it's always under the guise of we're protecting the population from some evil, right? Mm -hmm. And this. And they ended up harvesting data from phone calls, et cetera, looking for, you know, terrorists, et cetera. So, yeah, that's definitely a, a vulnerable thing when you build in a back door like that to the technology. Somebody's going to definitely take advantage of that, which brings us to the heart of this whole episode, which are the concerns about AI and privacy. So we're going to go through the, some of the five, well, the five main points of the concerns and some possible AI-driven solutions to them. Uh, not just here's what they've done, but here's how possibly somebody in cybersecurity could develop a countermeasure to. One of the first points, uh, the first point is data security, uh, which we were just talking about with the iPhone case. The vast amount of personal data collected by AI systems can be vulnerable to breaches, hacking, and unauthorized access, leading to identity theft and privacy violations. Here's an example. In 2017, Equifax, major credit reporting agency experienced a data breach that exposed seven sensitive personal information to 147 million people. This breach highlighted the vulnerability of vast databases containing personal data to malicious attacks. So here's a possible AI solution to counter that. 
AI-driven security, cybersecurity tools that can detect and respond to threats in real time, enhancing data protection. I think about this a lot. I don't know about you, Larry, but I was, we were talking about this last week or so. Um, you know, I have a bank that I deal with. I'm like, and they're kind of, one of the banks I use is a little podunk credit union. I love them and they're convenient and they're easy, but I just don't know what are their defenses like in this brave new world. You know, I, how, how exposed are all of us to these new threats? I, the, yeah, it reminds me of the the bank we we got our our mortgage with, you know, had our mortgage with, but um, yeah, they still had they had wood paneling in there. You know, it was like going back in time, <laughs> stepping in that bank, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 does not necessarily reek of like the most up to date. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, this is definitely a case that I I so hope you know the uh, AI for good wins that battle. Oh my God! I mean, just. Can you just imagine waking up one day and like everybody's bank accounts are zeroed out because of something? It was one of those breaches that I was like, I, yeah, I just put a freeze on all my uh, credit freeze, you know, so nobody can open up, a, take a loan mm-hmm. out or do anything without raising a red flag. Yeah, yeah. You want to do the next one? Sure. I know you do. Um, uh, surveillance and tracking. AI-powered surveillance technologies can monitor individuals' activities, both online and offline, leading to a loss of personal autonomy and freedom from constant observation. Example, in China, the government utilizes a vast network of surveillance cameras equipped with facial recognition technology to track citizens' movements. This technology has been used to monitor Uyghur Muslims in Xinjiang province and has raised concerns about the erosion of personal privacy. And the AI proposed AI solution... Uh, AI-powered anonymization techniques can help preserve individuals' privacy while still allowing useful insights to be extracted. And then, hey, who knows? Maybe we won't need those uh, all those those masks, countermeasures, <laughs> as long as you trust that the anonymization is trustworthy. Yeah, I, I won't need to wear a mask of your face. You won't need to wear a mask of mine. <laughs> People are going to be like, "Hey, you want to you want to do something bad and and nail your friend at the same time? Uh, here, here's an app that'll yeah. make a 3D mask out of a series of photos." Yeah, man, you know what? This is all making me want to delete my Facebook account like <laughs> right now. <laughs> exactly. We're just like providing fuel for the fire here, aren't yeah. we? Hey, maybe I could just take a picture of your license plate and like wear it on my shirt. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and this is reminding me, I think we said last week about that guy. Uh, I feel like it was in New Jersey. They were tracking his movements through Easy Pass, which is the, the Turnpike and Parkway automated toll plazas. And it, they recognized this, the algorithm recognized that it was in line with somebody who had committed murder, his, his driving behavior. Is- and they brought him and they brought him in. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I always thought, like, oh, they could easily just issue automated speeding tickets. Hey, you got from this toll plaza to the other one in too short of, of time. Oh, yeah. I mean, physics, right? So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that, that's not happening now? That's got to be happening. No, I, not, I mean, I haven't heard anything about that, but why wouldn't they do that? Uh, they're making enough <laughs> money on the toll plaza, so <laughs> it's all about the money yeah. anyway, right? Yeah, yep. Uh Data misuse, this is number three out of five. AI algorithms can inadvertently perpetuate b- 
biases and discrimination present in the data they're trained on, leading to unfair treatment or discrimination against certain groups and a lack of privacy for marginalized communities. Here's another example. In 2018, Amazon's AI recruiting tool was found to be biased against women as it was trained on resumes submitted over a 10-year period, which were predominantly male. The algorithm penalized resumes that included keywords like women's, revealing how AI can perpetuate biases present in historical data. And the proposed AI solution would be that adversarial machine learning can identify and mitigate this bias in AI models, ensuring fair treatment. That would be nice. Yeah. That reminds me of last week when we were talking about that woman who's like, oh, yeah. She was Asian. She fed her image, her reference image into Mid Journey or something and said, make my image a professional headshot. She was Asian and she came out as a white girl with blonde hair and blue eyes. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe there's a little bias there. Yeah. Wrong answer. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, moving on, lack of consent. Many AI applications collect and analyze data without individuals' informed consent, raising concerns about individuals' control over their own personal information and the potential for surveillance without their knowledge. Example, many mobile apps request access to users' location data, often without fully informing users how their data will be used. In 2018, it was revealed that some weather apps were sharing location data with advertisers without explicit user consent. Uh, AI solution, user-friendly AI-driven consent management tools can uh, provide individuals with transparent control over their data. That is one of my favorite things that Apple added to the iPhone semi-recently. I, I mean, in the past mm -hmm. uh, couple of years. Um, anytime you go to install a new app, uh, mm -hmm. I, although the ver the wording seems a little like it's not ironclad, there's an option to ask app not to track you know, mm -hmm. or not to track data or track you or yeah, whatever. Yeah. What do you mean ask? I'm telling, <laughs> you know? It's my data, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the word ask is definitely suspect, you know? It is. But they're trying. I, I, I like the idea. That is cool. Yeah. It sounds like a, a bit of a loophole and, with that and, language. Yeah, and if you, if you take the time, you know, you can go into your location settings on the phone and app by app allow sure. it to never track mm -hmm. you or like in the case of a weather app only allowed to track when you're using the app right. um you know which is generally what i do you know yeah you're not going to yeah. get the hey there's a tornado coming you know if you're not if you don't have the app uh, up but there's other ways of getting that information anyway so right but it's good to at least have the illusion of choice right and yeah. control <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's, what's with ask i, I know I, I need an answer to that <laughs> All right, last one, profiling and predictive analytics. Uh, AI's ability to analyze data and make predictions, minority report, can result in creating detailed profiles of individuals, potentially leading to targeted marketing, manipulation, and decisions being made about individuals without their input or knowledge. Here's the example. Maybe you've all heard of Cambridge Analytica, a political consulting firm. Wasn't there a... There was a documentary on Netflix about them, wasn't there? About the 2016 election? Almost, How, almost certainly, yeah. I don't think yeah, I saw yeah. them. I forget the name of it. Um, they obtained personal data from millions of Facebook users to build detailed profiles and target them with political ads during the 2016 U.S. presidential election. This incident highlighted how AI-powered analytics can create accurate predictions about individuals' behavior and beliefs. Although, I don't know, you think they were using AI for that kind of stuff back in 2016? I guess they're just showcasing this as where it could possibly head with AI behind the scenes. 
You know what I mean? It's 20, 2016 have been AI territory. I don't know what the state of things was back then, but obviously this, yeah. this all didn't just hatch out of an egg this year. So Right, right, right. So the AI solution to combat that, and I, I just heard of this product, Google's Federated Learning apparently allows devices to collaboratively train a shared model while keeping data on the device, minimizing the risk of sensitive data exposure. I don't really know how that mechanism works, but I'm all for it. If it's going to somehow keep me from being exposed to these filter bubbles and, you know, uh, propaganda manipulation, then let's have it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, not going to get any better and it's already been pretty bad. Yeah. I think I say it every episode other than things are crazy. Like the the next election is going to be an can I say shitstorm? Yeah, that's the first time. <laughs> that's the first time I've cursed on our show, Larry. The next election is going to be a mayhem, just because of this, because of deep fakes, because of all this AI mis and disinformation that's percolating. Craziness. I don't want to see it. You don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I survived. I, I survived the last election barely. Oh, the last election was life changing. Ser seriously, it changed my mind about. A lot of things that I held near and dear, you know, like, really, this is, this is our country? Like, okay. Oh, boy. All right, let's uh, hand it over to Raina with the news. Cool. Thanks, boys. Netflix has certainly ruffled some Hollywood feathers by putting out a call for an AI expert to join their machine learning platform crew. The squad behind the Netflix algorithm that plays matchmaker between viewers and shows. With a potential paycheck of up to $900,000 a year, it's safe to say it's not your average gig. This move has set off a bit of a showbiz skirmish, as striking actors and writers express concern about AI's role in the entertainment scene, and it's shaping up to be a plot twist Hollywood didn't see coming. In-world AI just landed a jaw-dropping $50 million in funding from Lightspeed Venture Partners, catapulting its valuation past $500 million. With $100 million in total funding, these guys are the new rock stars of AI in gaming. They're on a mission to make NPCs, that's non-player characters, as smart as your gaming buddies, giving a whole new meaning to playing with AI. Hey there, party people. The AI invasion is creeping into politics, and you didn't even know it was crashing the shindig. According to Politico, Eric Wilson, the digital wizard from Startup Caucus, is spicing up the political game with a dash of AI magic. Think AI helping with press releases, cooking up social media messaging, and even whipping up website images. He's got a wild vision of AI-powered campaigns, but some tech big shots are playing hard to get. In AI Saves the World-related news, IBM and Hugging Face just unleashed Prithvi, a super cool, pun intended, AI model for climate science. It's like a genius detective using NASA's satellite data to track climate change, deforestation, and even predict crop vibes. This open-source superhero has 1.5 trillion parameters, can zoom in on satellite pics, and is 15% cooler than other models. Get ready to rock climate research, humans. It's now or never, basically. By the way, is Hugging Face an alien reference? If so, I love it. And finally, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC, is switching gears, shifting its focus from cryptocurrency to artificial intelligence, AI. SEC Chairman Gary Gensler has emphasized the importance of AI and its potential risks, like market manipulation and insider trading. The SEC is getting serious about AI, hiring experts, forming working groups, and crafting regulations to ensure a smooth AI journey in the financial world. Oh boy, 
Here we go again. Meanwhile, I know my money is safe in the banana stand. That's all the news for now. Back to you, gentlemen. Yeah, because everything has gone swimmingly with cryptocurrency and regulation and uh, kind of wrangling that beast, right? (laughs) What could go wrong? (laughs) Wow, man. I can't imagine. What I'm hoping is, wouldn't it be fun if like AI ends up finding like solutions to problems in in completely unexpected places? Like, oh, actually, we just figured out the cause of climate change. It's it's Danzig. Danzig records. (laughs) Danzig. Stop playing Danzig records. (laughs) Just stop playing Mother. And and everything's oh, gonna be fine. Mother, God, I hate that song. I do too. It really oh, gets under this, my skin. This is another I reason we get it. along well. I oh my know. God, I can't take it. It's really. Bad, I want right? that to be the cause of climate change. It, it probably <laughs> is. We can easily snuff that out, can we? Yeah, yeah. That, that's an easy fix. Maybe we should just propagate the idea that it is the cause of climate change. Yes, you know what I'm saying. Can we make an AI bot to proliferate that <laughs> message? <laughs> By the way, that was the most unexpected Danzig reference that's uh, ever appeared in my life. I can't believe that just... That's how much I don't like Danzig. (laughs) When you're thinking of like global catastrophe, (laughs) you think of Danzig. Um, Circling back a little bit to the uh, surveillance stuff we're talking about, I mentioned this to you, my own personal run-in with being surveilled by technology. I mentioned that I was in a bar... Uh, with you, in fact, uh, a few months back, and it was a loud bar. I was talking to somebody, and my phone was in my pocket, and I mentioned we were talking about somebody in our lives, in our circle, who had been suffering from lupus, the blood, blood-borne disease. Um, and I've n- probably never said the word lupus in my life, and I happened to say it, or my the guy I was talking to had said it, and the next day, all of a sudden, in my you know Facebook feed, my social media queue, there's lupus medications, and so yeah, we're being listened to, we're being watched. It's it's in our social media, it's in our every keystroke on our keyboards. So is is privacy dead? I guess is the question I want to ask you. What do you think? Is private? Have you we surrendered to the fact that we're just being scrutinized, like <laughs> everything we do? And we're willingly doing it because, you know, we have this wonderful smartphone in our hands. And and just, just touch on what you said, uh, and I, I know we spoke about this a, a little bit before, but I, I'm pretty sure it's been debunked that the phone is not listening to you or Facebook mm-hmm. is not uh, somehow gaining access to the microphone on the, on, the, on the phone without your consent. It's just that I, it's, I think it's, it's a combination of location. Uh, mm-hmm. data and proximity to someone else um, and because they've got location data on both of you hey you were in the same room as this person who was interested in this thing he might be or she might be interested in it too um, and I've, I've seen that happen to me too but yeah at times though it is so uncanny you're like this had to be listening to me but yeah yeah but there's other way that's it that's how powerful the data is though it's like just just knowing where you were and someone else's and those two people are now in the same place and and all the other data that correlates to those those two data points gives so much information that's why sure. data is so valuable it is 
Okay, so I'm wondering what the algorithm looks like behind the scenes. It sees me and you together in a room. It looks at the GPS data. Oh, they're, they're close by each other. And what other things do these guys have in common? What kind of marketing advertising can we push to them through Google ads or Facebook, you know, meta ads, et cetera, that these guys have in common? What the, could they possibly be, be talking about? Their friends, mm. let's cross-reference all the things that we know about these guys. They're from New Jersey. They're Caucasian. They're middle-aged, blah, blah, blah. Let's send them Viagra ads. I have no idea. You know what I mean? Um, but you also reminded me, you said something yeah, about- And you're so hardcore, yeah. that's so exactly why you moved out of the country. <laughs> you're right, <laughs> I'm trying to avoid the surveillance. You're gonna keep the distance. They're gonna get that's us on proximity. <laughs> I won't be sold Viagra no matter, no matter where I go. Um, but you reminded me when you said something like, we give it away, we give our, our information away, we give our privacy away, and I am no conspiracy theorist at all. I believe we went to the moon. I really do. I don't believe chemtrails are real um, in terms of, you know, yep. whatever they, they're supposed to be doing. But I do think, and this is a stretch, have you ever done 23andMe? Do you know what that is? Oh, oh, it's a genealogy. Right? Exactly. Yes. It's an yes, ancestry yes. database. And they are not... Yes. Do you know where I'm, you know where I'm going with this, right? Uh, yeah, no, I already know I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like it's been sold as this kind of innocuous, oh, hey, learn your heritage. Um, and you swab your cheek and you send it off and you get the lab results. And meanwhile, it's definitely been entered into some FBI, CIA, NSA, NSA database somewhere, right? Or some evil scientist database. Right. <laughs> and, they're, and they're like, it's like the island of Dr. Moreau. They've taken your DNA and they've created these, you know, combo creatures somewhere in a lab. Maybe I'm taking that too far, but I definitely think we're in an FBI database because of that. A friend of mine, you know, he's, he's done a lot of genealogy research and he's found amazing things and it is so tempting but i'm with you man i do not feel comfortable just shipping the vial off to some company somewhere yeah. and i did it i did it oh you did it yeah, <laughs> yeah i did it didn't tell me anything i already knew like i knew like you know my mom's like scandinavian northern europe and my father's southern europe and that was about it there was no like oh my god i'm part chinese or something and that, no, I think part golden retriever I, I, you know, so yeah all right so privacy may be dead what's the verdict on that what do you think yeah i don't know um i, I think about it all the time i'm like uh, I, I have this phone and I, I, I have definitely weaned off Facebook quite a bit. I, I do not post a lot of stuff on there. Just beer. Just beer. Just beer. That's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah I brewed this beer today and, and uh, recording a podcast. And yeah, that's about it. Um, I'm also wondering, like, with AI, like, hey, let's give them the means to just make pretty pictures. You know, they'll they'll really like this. <laughs> you know. Oh yeah. And then, and then we got gotcha. you. I, I I really I don't I don't truly believe that, but. But it is kind of like that with the phone, though. It does seem like you're just giving away so much data, and and you, we're constantly reminded of how valuable that data is, mm -hmm. and we're just handing it over. Yeah, we're the product, right? Yeah, if the product is free, you're the product. That's right. right. Um, and you're reminding me about that clip you sent me on AI Explained, I think, with that new generation of... Uh, deep fake technology and the avatar generation. I want to say that the platform's called HeyGen, like H-E-Y-G-E-N. Did you see that clip? Yeah, I, I saw the clip. Yeah, I don't remember the name, though. It is getting very close to spot on. Like, I think you could easily replicate you or somebody could replicate you and do whatever they want with that image and voice. Yeah, enough, close enough to fool most people. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Before we get to cheer and beer and kind of wrap things up, I did want to circle back to something I asked you a few weeks ago. I mentioned to you that I thought I read that there is a an AI robot in uh, the courts of Newark that can help you fight a traffic ticket. Do you remember me bringing that up a couple weeks ago? I remember, ago? yeah. Uh-huh. And I swore this happened. And so it tried to happen. There was a company called Do Not Pay. Apparently, this is a couple of years ago. AI startup planned to have an AI-powered bot argue on behalf of defendants in traffic ticket cases. But bar officials, like l- legal bar officials, threatened to prosecute and jail Joshua Browder, the CEO of Do Not Pay, if he went through with the plan. That would mean a lot of out-of-work lawyers, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah I, yeah, I remember that. I remember that name. Yeah. Do Not Pay. Do Not Pay. Um, so I want to cheer and beer, and I love this cheer and beer segment, Larry. <laughs> this one is very <laughs> comical. Or maybe it isn't. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, a story about this uh, uh, self-proclaimed time traveler. And uh, I've seen, I've heard of some other people. I don't know if, I don't think this is the same guy, um, same person. But I, I've heard of some other tick, people on TikTok or something who are claim they're, you know, from the future. But this guy, uh, you know, is concealing his identity, of, you know, in, in, in the video and claims to have participated in a secret program in the 1990s that sent people to the future. And um, awesome. and he is, he asserts to be from the year six thousand, nice even nice even number, <laughs> um, and uh, you know there's advanced technologies, medicine, um, uh, p- govern governance leading to a peaceful society with an AI ruler. Mm. So peaceful and AI, AI at least yeah, I'll take know, it. Uh, so the word benevolent in there too. So. Um, and then you know, but then, of course you know he has a picture. But it's blurry, you know, oh, <laughs> just like every, every, like every, Bigfoot. you know, yeah, Bigfoot or <laughs> Loch Ness Monster, um, you know, of some unnamed futuristic city. Uh, but he attributes the blurriness uh, to the time travel process. There was so. a disturbance with a flux capacitor. and <laughs> Yes. Mm. Um, uh, he, yeah, during this uh, interview, he, he became, he became emotional, revealing that a friend that he left behind in left behind in the future, oh. uh, expressing hope for a reunion through time travel, but his friend couldn't do it. Um, and then he mentioned downsizing technology, mm. <laughs> enabling, you know, people to get small, like Steve Martin, I oh, think. That's great. Martin <laughs> yeah. Short. Was Martin? No, yeah. no, no, Rick Moranis. <laughs> Rick Moranis. <laughs> But he says, uh, he suggests that time travel will become common knowledge by 2028. So mark Ooh, your calendars. Okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. I thought you were going to share the cheer and beer segment of that guy going in front of a town council, basically saying, let's all oh. t- throw in the towel <laughs> and like, might as well hand it over to AI right now and start giving us paychecks or something. Oh, uh, <laughs> you know what? We got to, we got to, we got to play next, that. Oh, you got it? <laughs> I, I, I don't. We'll play it next time. We'll play it next time. Yeah, yeah, all right, yeah. Ne- ne- next episode, yeah, it's it is it is wonderfully funny. <laughs> any 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 uh, any presentation that starts out with "What up, council?" That's great. <laughs> you know, it's going to be high quality <laughs> yeah. discourse. Yeah, I, but at the core, he does seem to get the concept of of AI and universal basic income. Absolutely, uh, <laughs> he makes a compelling argument in a very yeah. funny way. Yeah, it's, the, it's yeah, one of the funniest things it. I've seen in same. I time. agree. 
Um, we're going to wrap it up with a couple things. The AI Spotlight, and I don't know if I showed you this, Larry. Did I share this with you? Bing.com, so Microsoft's Bing. Apparently, if you go to bing.com forward slash chat, there's a creative function. I thought this was super cool. You can take a reference image. In this, in this case, I saw a guy demo. He took an image of R2-D2, and he uploaded it to the creative portion of the website and said, generate a logo for my business named whatever, XYZ, in the vein of this ro robot. And it spat out like three or four different takes on that. Did you see that? Yes. Yeah. Super pretty, cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. And oh. then oh, and it's like, oh, and make it 3D. Yeah. And boom. Yeah. 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 Really cool. And the thing I thought was a nice twist on that is that I know how hard it is to get good text output from a text to image generator so it's kind of cool to see this you know text logo version of it uh being um, generated and just a quick side as far as uh, mid-journey updates the uh, things have been kind of slow rolling but uh they're trying to release the in-painting feature this week um so it'd be like version 5.3 it's at 5.2 right now cool um and uh yeah not 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 no major much. leaps for, in functionality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean the in painting is significant. What does that do? What is in painting? So that's like it's kind of like the opposite. Of, well, it, I I don't know how they're going to do this in Discord. Aside from I guess it maybe it's just text prompt where, uh, what I would assume it's going to be is like in Photoshop with generative fill. Like let's just say you have a, a you know a landscape picture and you lasso an area and you do general fill and say, you know, put in a hot air balloon and it'll give you one there. So that's, that's in painting, but maybe it's, um, maybe when you go to reroll the prompt, there's an option to just uh, revise the text and be specific of where you want something else in the image. I don't know. I'm just not sure how they're going to do it in mm -hmm. discord. So it's gotta be, gotta be text driven. Um, I'm just curious, like out painting would be kind of like the zoom out function. Right. Right. Or the panning function. Um, you know, so like if, if you have like the panning function and you have, have a mid journey in remix mode, which when you, when you're in remix mode, when you go to reroll the same prompt, it'll allow you to edit the prompt. Oh. So, so if you pan to the right in remix mode, mm -hmm. then you can be like, you know, you have, you have one person sitting, sitting on a couch, you know, and you pan to the left and you want to add a, a a dog sitting next to them, you know, that's hard to get done in one prompt. Mm -hmm. For some reason, a person sitting next to a dog on a couch doesn't usually get you there. But you could pan and then edit the prompt and wow, and that's cool. It. Yeah, and it works. Like I, I had to make a just like a promo image for my homebrew club uh, mm -hmm. monthly meeting that we post on Facebook, and I was trying to get a glass of beer with hop flowers and barley stalks, and and I, I was having trouble getting them both done in you know in one prompt. So I got the glass with the with the hops, and then panned over, added the barley stalks, and 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 it worked. So, so. cool. And for those of you that maybe are becoming regular listeners, you hear us talk about Midjourney all the time, pretty much every episode. Even if you're not trying out Midjourney on your own, um, you should definitely check out the Facebook, the official Facebook group for Midjourney. What's it? Is it called that, Larry? Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, uh, Midjourney official or yeah. If you if search for Midjourney on on um, on Facebook and uh, we can put a link on it too on the website. Um, but yeah, whichever there's there's a couple different ones, but yeah. but the 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 official one is 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 just a great stream of gorgeous images. Yeah, output from Midjourney and um, really really cool. And that's what that's what got me interested in it in the first place. Yeah, I mean, just recently I saw 
this whole series of like close up of close ups of women's faces, super photorealistic, like you would swear it is just a straight photograph. It's just gorgeous. So check that out if you're on Facebook. All right, folks, we're going to leave you with a listener question since this was all about surveillance and AI and privacy. Are you at all concerned about AI invading your privacy or is privacy just an illusion anyway? If you're on social media with us, let us know what you feel. Like write it, write us a response uh, on the latest episode post. Anything else, Larry? Yeah, I think we've, well, we certainly haven't covered it all, but we've covered a lot. That is the standard closing now, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it is. Certainly haven't covered it all. So much more to talk about. There is. All right. Meanwhile, folks, subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Follow us on Facebook. You know what would be really cool? If you like the show, throw us a rating, write us a review, give us some love. We'd really appreciate it. See you next week. This has been Up Against Reality. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to hear future episodes and be sure to follow us on social media for all things AI. Until next time, stay human, people. 